Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1. SEO Trot, Matilda, the BFG, the Twits, all much-loved titles by Roald Dahl that have delighted and intrigued early readers here for decades. Now, that announcement last week by an English publisher to republish his books, removing some language that could now be deemed offensive, sparked controversy. And that controversy led to a compromise where the revised text will be published alongside the originals, giving readers a choice. So is this a modern-day overreaction? or is essentially a realignment of loved stories to reflect the reality of our diverse world. Well, I'm joined from Cork, our Cork studio, by Elena Ryan, who's CEO of Children's Books Ireland. Good morning, Elena. Good morning, Claire. You've been looking, I know, at the list of words and phrases removed or changed in the Roald Dahl's book. So what do they include? Well, there are hundreds. So the full list was published by The Telegraph in an article called The Rewriting of Roald Dahl. And in terms of themes, there have been moves away from gendered terms and ideas. So things like boys and girls, husbands and wives, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Language to do with mental health, so being mad or crazy. Uh, Language to do with being fat, specifically fatness being bad. And similarly, language around colour, specifically blackness being associated with badness. So black cloaks, black figures, black faces, little black eyes, things like that. There's also been some language around slavery removed. There were a couple of instances in in Matilda and in Essio Trot and language around violence. So things like people exploding have been removed. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that there has been so much chat and controversy around this. The British Prime Minister weighed in, Salman Rushdie weighed in. What's your own view on the changes, Elena? Should the books be reworked or just be allowed to fade from view or should people just have a choice as to whether to read them or not, sanitised or not? Well, it's fascinating how many people care about children's books this week. (laughs) But my overarching take on it, I suppose, is that nuance is needed as we look at this whole issue. So it isn't right either to be in up in arms about the censorship without having thought about the reasons for the changes, nor is it okay, I think, to accept them blindly because that would be dangerous if we can do whatever we want with whatever text we want. So I think a lot of the edits I would have happily and swiftly made if I were the editor of an unpublished manuscript. So that is to say I agree in principle with the vast majority of them in that context, but whether it's right to make them posthumously and lots of decades after the artist has written them is a different question as to whether you agree with the substance of the changes. I think they're being presented by, you know, the the naysayers as driven by overly sensitive adults and, you know, we're depriving the children of a bit of fun when, in fact, I think a lot of the changes were made in order to prevent harm to the child reader by exposing them to language and messages that belie really just unacceptable prejudices. So uh, Philip Pullman has hit the nail on the head, I think, when he said it's it's simply a way of keeping the titles commercial on the publisher's side. The alternative being to wait for them to go out of fashion and just let them go out of print. But with 250 million books sold worldwide, there's no doubt it's imperative for this publisher to keep one of their greatest assets relevant for the modern reader. And, uh, you know, that said last week when they announced plans to publish the classic collection of Roald Dahl's works, they kind of undermined the decision mm-hmm. that they made in the first instance. You know, you can't know where those editions are going to end up or, you know, not not necessarily the whole world has been paying attention to this debate over the last couple of weeks. So I don't know if they'll be ready to choose their preferred edition of the text. So what they've done is find a further opportunity to sell a different edition of the book, presumably to keep both sides of the debate happy and ultimately sell more books. And what do you think about that decision? It undermines the reason why they did it, do you think? Yeah, it does slightly. I mean, uh, you know, the, the other thing that Phil Pullman really stressed was that there are a huge amount of incredible other writers out there and it's something that we 
we see an awful lot is that parents naturally and, and with some sense of nostalgia will look to Roald Dahl and to Enid Blyton to the things they read as children because they haven't read a children's book in a couple of decades. So, you know, those are the books that people reach for and a, a lot of my professional life is spent telling people that there are other options out there and directing them to reading guides or resources on our website to show them what else might be out there. Because we do, don't we? We revert back to what we read as children when we're trying to encourage our children to read. That's why we keep returning to these titles. Also yeah. because, certainly in the case of Roald Dahl, they're really good books. Yeah, there's. I mean, gosh, there's nobody um, knocking Roald Dahl in any of this. I think the, the outcry has shown how beloved he is all over the world, particularly we've been hearing it in the UK and Ireland. And I think he writes with such mischief and uh, irreverence and he was always focused on what was going to make his readers laugh. So I think, you know, that's the thing we have to be careful, that there has to be a limiting principle, that you have to keep that that fun and that spirit and that spikiness that people have talked about in Roald Dahl's writing. But, you know, some of these changes I think are very benign. You know, changing mothers and fathers to parents does an awful lot in terms of representation of families that aren't made up of a mother and father, for instance, but it does absolutely no harm to the story. Whereas there are other elements, you know, things around body image, they haven't fixed the problem. You know, Bruno Jenkins, the little boy in The Witches, gets turned into a mouse by the Grand High Witch and, you know, he no longer, they, they no longer say, here's your little boy, he needs to go on a diet. So they've they've cut out some of that sort of toxic diet culture stuff in there. But there still is, you know, the Augustus Gloops and those fat characters who are the subject of ridicule. So I think we do well to look to, to modern books and modern writers as an alternative as well to, to the classics. And you say some of the changes that they made, in your view, they're a bit pointless. Give us a couple of examples of those, Elena. Yeah, some of them seem to be senseless. So horrid old witchy woman changed to horrid old woman in George's Marvellous Medicine. I'm not sure what the objection is there. You know, likewise, ouch, changed to uh. <laughs> maybe that will brighten up those hard brown teeth of hers changed to maybe that'll brighten up her smile. So there are certain things that... And oh, I suppose seen some people might have a genetic condition which leads to them having brown teeth. Would that be a, an explanation for that one? Potentially, and I think there's probably an awful lot around disability as well. You know, in The Witches, they, they no longer say that their feet were, that, that they had no toes. They say their feet were square at the end. So I think, you know, there are certain subtleties that I'm not qualified to to comment on because I don't have that condition or I don't identify as disabled. So I, I'm sure that an awful lot of thought has gone into it and the organisation Inclusive Minds does great work in, in thinking it through. I suppose it, it, an ouch to an uh is... I don't <laughs> understand that one. I don't understand <laughs> it. And they've done, you know, not this publisher, but other publishers have done a lot of work on Enid Blyton and trying to modernise the language. And, you know, sometimes I kind of think kids will get it by context. I have a five-year-old who finds the word Tommy Rot absolutely hilarious. And I yeah, think just you don't want it. to lose the richness. Uh, you know that argument, though, that has been made since all of this came up, you know, that if you're tinkering with an author's work, you're messing with the authenticity of the book. Yeah, and it, I mean, they've put a disclaimer at the start of the new editions to say, you know, words matter and the wonderful world of Roald Dahl can transport you to different places. This book was written a long time ago and we regularly review the language to ensure it can continue to be enjoyed by all today. We see the same thing at the start of Disney films, you know, in terms of Aladdin and things like that, where they'll flag where there's potentially an offensive stereotype. But I mean, Roald Dahl edited himself in his own time. The, the Oompa Loompas, for instance, are, are now people rather than little men but previous to being little men there there was a real um, racist undertone to that they were effectively slaves from Africa and uh, you know coal black people with broad grins in, in the illustrations so 
I think the books have evolved even in Roald Dahl's time. Um, so uh, what I suspect is that there's a lot of this going on behind the scenes that just maybe hasn't been as high profile as this case. And as, as you touched on earlier, it encourages us maybe to look at modern children's books and the industry is taking a fresh look at the issues we've just been talking about, representation and language. And those books are out there. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, we're looking at evidence out of the UK, particularly where we're seeing an increase in the number of children's books published featuring a minority ethnic character. So up from 4% in 2017 to 20% in 2021. Now, main characters are only up from 1% to 9%, but that is changing. And, you know, we do a lot of work at Children's Books Ireland to celebrate the books that are out there. So if people are looking for kind of more modern views of the world, I'd say, you know, it's it's a huge question to, to answer, you know, what books are good, but take a look at our Free To Be Me reading guide, which is all about diversity and inclusion. We wanted for every child to be able to see their lived experience in a book, whether that was a child of colour or a child with a disability or a child with autism. And for children in communities that are less diverse to be able to have a window into other people's experiences that might be quite different to their own. So, you know, this Thursday is World Book Day. It's it's a day to get kids picking up books and maybe trying something new. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all primary schools should have had their, their tokens for each student to claim a free book and secondary schools can get their digital tokens. But if you're looking for something modern and current and excellent, you know, the KPMG Children's Books Ireland Awards shortlist was announced just last month uh, or earlier this month, I should say. Okay. And there's some phenomenal books on that that, uh, that are maybe a bit more representative. And Elena, childrensbooksireland.ie is a great resource as well for recommended reading lists. Elena Ryan, CEO of that organisation, thank you for joining us. We'll take a quick break before the news. Text 51551 today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.